from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. For the Pathway Studios here in Johnston, proper. <laughs> Nobody even knows what you're talking about. I had like six funny things to say, and no one thought they were funny, and so they turned my slider down <laughs> so it wouldn't be on the radio. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> hey, you're uh, you're listening to, to live from the path. You did this to yourself. We have, you, we got articles to get to. You man. had the options of, of <laughs> making better life choices in this, and this is what you've done with your time. Uh, I was reading uh, I was reading ChristianityToday.com earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were, weren't you? <laughs> guess, guess what I stumbled past? <laughs> hey, Ben, say what? Oh, yeah, sorry. Hey, what was it, Home Slice? Hey, it was this, it was this sweet article called Non-Denominational Churches Are Adding Millions of Members. Where are they coming from? Question mark. And it reminded me of a show that we had. I mean, could have been three months ago, where they're like, uh, old, like, set denominations are gaining way more than non-denominational churches because of their liturgy and, and set set forth ways. And I believe that same article came out of Christianity Today. So I'm really mm. interested to read this one. So we're yeah, just up. asking different people. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. That, that's that's that. like. You know, one day bacon's gonna kill you. The next day it cures cancer. I mean, it, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Somebody on the radio was doing a, a, a conversation on the way in where they're like, "Chocolate's really good for you, according to science." I'm like, "Now wait a minute. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I just read an article a couple of days ago. We're like, chocolate's a secret killer. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I, 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 I don't think anybody can be trusted. Even the the the, the news sites that are like." Finally, an unbiased news opinion. You're like, it doesn't nope. keep it from being a lie. It just means it's not biased either way. <laughs> Goes to the highest dollar. <laughs> uh, all right, other stuff on the show. There was a uh, there was an article that said uh, 12 stumbling blocks to the gospel for this generation. Ouch. Well, things that, that block the current generation from taking the gospel in. So things we got to stop? Yeah, things we got to stop doing. Well, uh, when people say this generation, what do they mean? Everybody that's alive right now? Uh... Uh, probably them, like the millennials or whatever. The yeah, millennial leaders. Conversations with uh, millennial I bet you leaders. I guess all half of them. At okay, least. yeah. So, so let's let's uh, let's play this thing out. So uh, everybody gets one guess, and I'll I'll uh, I'll tell you whether they're on there or not. Dan, which one? What do you got? Uh, a, a block would be non-affirming to the oh. homosexual community. Okay, all right. Dan says you gotta. You, never mind. I'll, I'll summarize that in a comical but uh, offensive way. Nathaniel. <laughs> uh... I don't know. You knew your turn was coming. <laughs> I'm going to come back I to you. I thought we were going the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> we always go counterclockwise. You thought I would go counterclockwise? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to go damn. Everybody goes counterclockwise. Why are you such an animal? <laughs> Mike. Well, something blocks the, to this generation. Yeah. I think they're going to say um, accessibility to um, uh, technology or, or like instant gratification. Yes. Okay. Okay. Nathaniel, you had time to think. Uh, waste. Like the 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 corporate waste of the church. Oh, okay, okay. The structure is wasteful. Yeah. Okay. So even, even t- I'd even I'll, I'll can, I put, can I do two? Yeah, Dan, you can do two. Nathaniel's half a one. You can add on. Well, that was a full one. <laughs> I, I think they don't they don't want to be limit. They don't want to be told what time to do something like so, uh, scheduling. 
Uh, oh, were, constraints. Con- yeah, there we Con- go. That's okay. a good way to say it. Okay. All right. All right. Let's, kn- let's knock them out. Here we go. 12 stumbling blocks to the gospel for this generation. One, an overemphasis on money. What? Uh, he says, I've been in some... This guy. This guy's picture uh, is, has him standing in front of an all-black background with the sun on his head. It's very disorienting. Someone needs to... He, oh, oh, he provided himself. Okay. <laughs> they said, submit your own photo? Here's a picture yeah, of me yeah. with the sun on my head. Hey, man, they keep trying to get to me this at work. They're like, Ben, we need a... We need a photo. Have I tell you the story on here? So they, we need a photo of you because, like, the photos I have of myself are not acceptable from a corporate perspective. Everyone's got these, like, Olin Mills-looking photos. Yeah. <laughs> I've took a selfie on a mountain in Ethiopia somewhere, and that's what I use for my corporate picture. Yeah. <laughs> I say, I'd send it everywhere. It's the same photo every place. And they're like, Ben, we, we could do, we could have you do a professional photo. I said, no, this looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. That's I, what I can do. I got a hat on. I got a toothpick in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want? <laughs> I said, they might as well have a fresh impression. This is, this is what I come bring to the table, all right? <laughs> okay, I've been in some services where the offering took more than 30 minutes. No joke. I've been that way in Zimbabwe, but but not have, haven't been in America before. Do you f- now, how do you, do, is it received well in Zimbabwe, Dan? Or like, do you, is there, do you, are you aware of any grumbling, <laughs> like people asking for money too long? Since I don't speak Shona, I can't, I can't answer. <laughs> no one stands But I think everybody out. sits there and takes it because they expect it because it happens every week. Okay. Y'all need to give, give. And they're all like have nothing. They may have, they literally have nothing. Right. And You're trying that, to. That's why they're trying to squeeze more out. Yeah. yeah. They just change, change the tone. They're like, give, give, give. <laughs> God's going to get you. Let's see. He gives new people the impression that the church leadership is more concerned with collecting money than preaching the gospel. I mean, if seriously, hey. if your request for money does out. Yeah. Is longer than your service. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> when was this article published? Uh, that's a great question. Oh yeah, it doesn't. Septem- 1982. Oh, oh, <laughs> September 19th, 2021. Yeah, we've read this before. What really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, for sure. We have for sure read this before. Oh. Okay. Dad well, but dumb. Just, okay. How, what are they then, Mike? You didn't learn anything from it the first time. <laughs> You're still doing. Because it wasn't good the first time. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're gonna we'll scan them then. So the opulent lifestyle, of the leadership. Yeah. That's the yeah. same as number one. Yeah. I think you said the same thing last time. Okay. Right. Scandals. I that is a point for me. Scandals. That's <laughs> the same as one and two. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. This does feel familiar. We're talking about the mega church right here. Yeah. The people making the big bucks and having the scandals and yeah, asking for money and it's all a business. Duplicitous behavior, religious titles, religious language. Uh. Religious images of power. Oh, what do they mean by that? Thrones on a church stage. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, okay, okay. Pastor With pastors preaching down at the congregation. Oh, okay, I mean, I don't know that stages are against the Lord Jesus. Sometimes you just stand up taller than everyone else so everybody can see you. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure that, I'm not sure this generation is dissuaded because, well, look at that man. I can see him properly. <laughs> I'm against <laughs> <laughs> that might be overdoing it. Territorial emphasis over kingdom focus. Yeah. Uh, Taking over towns, blah, blah, blah. That's right. Programs over people, triumphalism, and no community and authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe we did. Huh. Look at that. Okay. This guy says, uh, third. Th- hold on. He adds to it. This man does. He says, I would add a 13th stumbling block, and that would be cultural wars. We must quit fighting unnecessary cultural wars. I don't know what that means, really. Like, just let them do what they want. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there was a. I did see something this week where some guy took exception to um, uh, there, there's something at. Oh, doggone! I'm forgetting the name of the of, of the the website that, that published it. But the 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 crux of the thing was like, um, 
there may like there could be an advantage to not finish focusing so much time on like the, the generation or our world doesn't need reminded that they're sinners they need reminded um that that god that they are they are valuable to god i w- was kind of the crux of the point um and like oddly well not maybe not oddly but it's it spurned two two different camps of uh of of starch reactions of which both seemed unnecessary unnecessarily restrictive as if like both can't be true like i i often need reminded of both i often need remind because like if you if you recognize the nature of your sinfulness you're gonna feel like a real pile <laughs> like if you take that in correctly mm-hmm. and in the same breath you need to be reminded that god is good he created you and is, uh, you're created with inherent value and worth and that he loves you and would die for you and like the gospel the gospel is both of those and like um, to the extent that we feel like, like we, we, maybe we overload on them because we're like, well, I just don't think there's enough reminding people how much they suck. Well, how prescriptive do you believe Paul's description of, like, when he's talking about uh, people who should be on meat are, are still on milk? Like, do you find that a prescriptive way of looking at presenting the gospel to people? Like, the way that, that he, he goes about that argument, one could suss out that, like, Okay, obviously when they're young and uh, are new to the faith, then, then they drink milk. And then as they, they move on, then we feed them a hearty meal, right? And so, um, first of all, do you find that an accurate way to look at presenting the gospel to people? Uh, to start with milk and make way to meat? Yes. As if, I don't, th- I don't know that that's prescriptive. I think he's describing the situation that they're in. I don't know that he's saying that's what they were doing. Yes, I, I don't know that he's saying it is the only way to do it, or it is, or that someone can't otherwise, um, or that, that that's an extended amount of time, or don't overdo it. I'm not sure on that. Well, I, here's here's where I think the trap is, and the problem is, is that it's got too much humanity in it to, and so it's hard to suss out, right? So, like generally, what happens is uh, people are trying to change outward behaviors or sin right especially destructive sin especially sin that they see is not only bad for the person committing it but it's also poisoning a culture and so like we will go our the the church's tack tends to be well as long as we get that sin to stop we can go back to battling regular old sin you know what i'm saying and so um we skip right past the milk which is you know god loves you you are created in his image he sent his son to die for you and uh, you are worth every bit of his death. He thought that. That's why he did it, right? And yeah. so that's the milk. That's the basis, the bare bones. And instead of opening with that, right, we will tend to open with the thing that you're doing is abhorrent to God, and it's a sin, and it's terrible, and it needs to stop. And that is still true. Both of those things are obviously true, right? But one is milk, and one is meat. Because if you don't care the fact that if you don't believe there's a God in the first place— or you don't think that God cares about you at all, then why would you give a rip if he thinks that's a sin or not? You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I think like some of that conversation bends down to um, where it's not wrong, obviously, to give out the gospel in its entirety because the, the whole thing's the gospel, not just the, the milk part, you know? Um, but I, it really depends on why you're, we're, we're yielding it. And I think it, it just feels like a lot of the time we're yielding it as a weapon to try to make sin stop instead of yielding it as an invitation to let grace win and sin will stop on its own. Yeah, which is interesting because like it's a bit of a it's the question is do you do we treat sin like you would treat 
a little kid trying to put his hand on the stove. Like, sometimes you, d- you smack a hand that's reaching for the fire and go, no, <laughs> like you can't do that. But, but that is your influence with your child. I think the presumption is that like, what it feels like is there's a level of moral superiority that you are the hand smacker. And I think that that actually gives the wrong impression. That is not the level of influence you hand you have. And if some random person come over and be smacking me, for like, I would not take that well. Yeah. Because of the presumption of it. And so, like, ignore whether the thing you're saying is true or not. The question is whether is it is effective in its truth. Like, not that you have to be schemy about it, but like, are you, are are they actually able to take in the whole? truth of what you're saying like paul yeah. would recognize who he's talking to and then talk about talk things in a, in a way that they might get and like hand smack and just ain't communicating what you want i think there's there's er- earning permission to speak into someone's life yeah and correct them as opposed to just going around yelling at everybody yeah i mean I, yeah i i think that that maybe a lesson that i don't know if god was specifically teaching me or something but maybe just something that i've realized over the years is like I assumed there was way more mustache twisting going on in this world than there actually is. Like, I assumed way more people were, like, intentionally scheming a direction and, like, thwarting the God of the universe on purpose because that's how they decided to live their life. And, like, come to find out that either they were, they believed a lie about themselves, they believed a lie about God, or they were fooled somewhere along the way and then built a pyramid of falsity on top of, like, this one thing. And, and it, there was no mustache twisting involved. They just followed one logical human thing to another until they were way far away from the Lord. Yeah. Think of how many people you know who have met and, and would proclaim and desire to serve the living God and yet have the hardest dang time living with any intentionality. And so then why would you look at the rest of the world and go, look at all these people intentionally thwarting the living God? They may, in fact, be attempting to do so, but not because they're doing it in... Like, I, I think there's a lot more ignorance for the world. There's a lot of people just floating on their relative surroundings. Yes. Here's what's going on. Here's what looks kind of normal. I'm not a boat rocker. I have a little bit of... Uh, I got some things that make me make me feel good. I'm going to try to do those. But, like, I, I just... Like, one of the biggest mistakes that we make, and I think we make this not only just from, a like, a, like a Christian perspective... But even in relationships we have, as we go around just presuming that people have been thoughtful and intentional about mm. the things that they're saying or doing. Yeah. And I just, I'm not that way. No. I wish I were. I wish I was way better about this. Like, I, th- it's one <laughs> of the, the serial things that comes to my mind. Like, I wish I lived with some intention. And here's the thing. I have everything at my fingertips to, to know what that intention should be. Like, the, 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 the God of the universe has, has allowed me clarity. With the word he's provided, with people around me, with 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 constant influence of the Holy Spirit, I have totally the things at my disposal to live intentionally, and I often fail to do so. I just don't know. I think we just got to be. What causes what this causes us to do is we give up too soon. We look and go, well, that guy's mind is made up. I'm like, mind made up for what? Like Cheetos tonight for breakfast? Yeah. Like <laughs> that's as far as he got. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I really th- I, I I can't decide whether it's a humility problem, like on. On our end, like as my, when I'm saying our, I'm saying mine, right? Like, yeah, you. Yeah. Instead of instead of walking into a situation with anybody and just assuming that God is already working in their life, and so like you're not the opening gambit, you're not the one that's stirring, you're not the one that that had planted a seed or or is in charge of 
flipping the whole thing around. God is already moving in their life. Your job is just to come alongside it and be and be the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in this in this interchange. Because what, what happens is, is like, especially if you find people that are their lifestyle appears to be so far off of what God has asked, um, you instantly feel now you're picking sides. It's me and against them. Right. Like they have to change. And which is true. They do. They need to change. That, that's the thing is it's not that that they have to change because God said so. You want to be so desperately broken because they really need to change and you want them to. You want them to see that. You don't want them to, to, your heart is not going, I want you to bathe in how wrong you are and realize it and then turn. What we want you to do is meet the holy living God and your life will change on its own. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will do those changes, right? And so like, it's 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 just some of the way that we, we posture at it. We posture at it in such a, I don't know, we posture at it in a weird way as if we've done something. And, and we haven't done anything, you know. If grace was freely given to you, then you will freely give it away. If you believe that you earned it, then all of a sudden you want everyone else to earn it too. And so it, it really is just the way that we posture and how we look at it and our attitude just makes it come off not how Jesus presented it. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, I mean, that's a, that's a convicting problem for everybody. I feel that way when I think I'm outnumbered and I'm like the only Jesus guy within three miles and I'm like, all right, everybody's against me. And like instead of like standing with confidence as a son of the king that goes, God, will you be with everybody within three miles of me? If there's anything I can do to help this along, they are they just they really need you so badly. You know, but like my my pride will come up a little bit like they're like I shrink and go, they're against me. I have to protect me and myself and my rights to love Jesus and like who gives a rip about my rights to love Jesus? Right. It's like walking into that three mile radius and instead of going, Oh man, what am I gonna do? Going, Hey, what are we doing? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what are we What are we doing around here, Lord? I know you're involved. Like, what What are we doing? Yeah. It's a reflex of fear, on our part, right? As mm. once again, sons of the King, and our reflex is, I must protect myself and my right to be able to love Jesus the way that I want. And Jesus is like, I want you to introduce other people to me, and if I have to step on your rights to do that, I would like you to submit to that. <laughs> and you go, right? Sorry, I lost it for a minute there. You know. <laughs> Okay, interesting. Well, that, that covers that part. People are going. So, what was the, what was the one for, that you had, Mike? Here it is. Non-denominational churches are adding millions of members. Where are they coming from? Okay, quick overview. Uh, somebody give me a quick synopsis on denominational versus non-denominational churches. Well, it's an, affi- it's an affiliation thing. Like whether yeah. you affiliate with uh like a, do- a denomination and let's just go with like an official one that's got has some sort of like uh, regulatory structure and a leadership structure uh, versus a non-denominational church which basically is is autonomous it it they're just a community of people it ends right. in and of itself it has no other um uh, specific no affiliation hierarchical affiliation now, yeah. now it's not like though like uh like catholicism or catholics are they a denomination or are they mm-hmm. unto themselves no, they're denominational. Yeah, okay. everything rolls up. Yeah. Okay. And so this, now I'm, I'm trying to remember this because I don't do this very often. There's Catholics, and then there's Protestants, mm-hmm. correct? And those are just two big groups. It's basically Catholicism and Protestants, or everybody else. Anybody who protests against Catholicism. Anybody that claims <laughs> like to be <laughs> a Christ follower that is not Catholic is a Protestant. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. Here we go. Uh, we're gaining a bunch of people. Uh, where are they coming from? Over the last decade, Baptists, Methodists, Lutherans, Presbyterians, and every other Protestant family has declined except for those who say they are non-denominational. 
The 2020 U.S. Religion Census, that ought to be a winging of a document, <laughs> due out later this year, tallied 4,000 more non-denominational churches than in 2010, and non-denominational church attendance rose by 6.5 million during that time. At the same time, mainline Protestant Christianity is collapsing following five decades of decline. In the mid-70s, nearly a third of Americans were affiliated with denominations like the United Methodist Church and the United Church of Christ and the Episcopal Church. But now just one in ten Americans are part of the mainline tradition. In 2021, non-denominational Protestants in the United States outnumbered mainline Protestants. But what is causing this tremendous shift in the church landscape? Does anybody want to take a guess? Here, here, here's a something that maybe they're not taking into account is there are a lot of denominational churches that are are being planted as non-denominational mm-hmm. churches but they're still what they are like like for example Saddleback Church in California is a Southern Baptist church and they go part they are part of the convention of the Southern Baptist churches but everybody assumes they were their own thing oh um, so yeah. that number would be most people would say oh that's a non-denominational church that's how they promote themselves as they you know um, and and they're really not. Uh, so I, wonder, being I wonder how they decide, like like when they do the poll, they're like, are you denominational or non-denominational? And they just take your word for it if you're like, we're non-denominational. I, I mean, yeah, like I mean, yeah. I planted a church and it was like, we're just non-denominational. We just made up a name and and and, but we really are non-denominational. I mean, there's there is no hierarchy telling us what to do. Right. But I, I know people who have planted, you know, Baptist or whatever Lutheran, whatever churches, and they've just changed the name because there's so much baggage that comes. Yeah. I mean, it's from a pure motive. They're they're not trying to be sneaky. They're just like, well, people don't like X brand, so we're not going to use that brand. We're still going to be it. Um, we're going to take the Levi's tag off. We're going to put, you know brand x on our jeans and there's still levi's um so there's a lot of that going on which i think throws off the numbers maybe yeah okay Okay. that's just a thought i do wonder how much of this can be attributed to like um i I think they want us to presume that it's people trying to get out of structured like um what feel like more restrictive denominations but like a lot of the mainline protestant denominations are going through progressive crises yeah. Trying to figure out, like, what does it look like to be, I mean, take a Methodist church, take a Lutheran church, like, um, and, and those churches are splitting. And, um, like, what are, what are the, which side of those are continuing to carry the name of, hey, we're still the Methodist church, or uh, we're something else, we're another non-denominational, and uh, yeah. we changed our core position from the, from the mothership. Um, so, could I, I mean, some of the church growth they're talking about would be splits from denominational churches where half the congregation yeah. started yeah. a non-denominational church because of that. Yes. And then, actually, that would that would easily double the amount of non-denominational churches, exactly. right? Exactly. And then it gets all hairy because then, it, let's say you are a denomination and we're brand X, and they say, wait a minute, we don't like the way the denomination has headed. We're going to be their own thing. Well, the not denomination owns the property. Right. Generally speaking, uh. so they they've just lost their building. So all of a sudden, well, then we got to go start a new church, find a new place, change the name. It's a new thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I, a lot no, of that has happened. Yeah. So actually, I mean, the attendance thing would be, once again, if you can say the the attendance for denominational churches had had a steep decline, and at the same rate we're seeing non denominational denominational churches go up, like it almost begs to be they're leaving this to start this. And so, mm-hmm. like, one's really not going down. We're not. There's not a net gain in people meeting Jesus. No, I don't and know. Yeah. Th- I, I think yeah. that that's the risk, uh, and it always has been. Is that like, 
Um, I, I just, I'm not sure it particularly drives the kingdom to be swapping Christians around. Yeah. Now, some, some of these denominational splits over like legit concerning spiritual items. Okay, so it's not like I get it. Um, but like uh, we, the the macro thought, um, I think we should be careful about. Hey, like if if one of the narratives you could take away from here is to say, oh, non-denominational churches are on the rise, we should plant no, more non-denominational churches. I'm not sure that's the right takeaway. Like I'd I'm more I'd be more questioning uh, which churches are bringing on new people people who've not met Jesus before mm-hmm. than I am yeah. I, like I, it's it's okay that people go other places like that just happens but like I, that's not a mark that we should be be chasing um, we should be reacting to how other people are meeting Jesus because because frankly if the new if let let's say you planted a non-denominational church and you had a bunch of mainline folks like from a, a bigger denomination come to this place. I don't care that a hundred people join that church, but if if the if the church is working and fifty more people came to meet Jesus, then I would then I can tell you that that structure is being effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I care more about the number of people that they're reaching who don't know Jesus than I do about where they came from. Huh. Like we had a, a non-denominational church start a couple miles from us here, and like one of the first things he did was like friend all of our people in social media and then start meeting with them and trying to get them to their church. What? Uh, yeah, so, so it's like, well, under the guise of we're going to reach people, it's like, well, no, you're not reaching anybody. They're, they're already people. They're already Christians. Yeah, you know, right. They're already believers. Um, yeah, so it's uh, that's did you that, did that's, you go talk to him, Dan? Do you find you're do you feel like you're aggressive in this manner? I, I mean, we we know each other well enough that, I, and I know him well enough that it wouldn't wouldn't matter what we do. Oh, you know, man. Just, it'd just be like a big, hey, stop it. No, okay. Oh, I, I mean, man. what do you do? You know. Um, Gosh, that's embarrassing. It, it's a, yeah. uh, it's a, uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it. I just thought, well, that's between him and God, you, you know. And and, and it's a uh, what a jack wagon. Yeah. <laughs> but but there's a lot of that going on. I mean, I mean, and, and a lot of the churches that non-denomination that pop up and then they become the cool church and everybody starts going to them. They're just stealing people from other churches. They're, they're we got to grab musicians. We got to grab leaders. We got to grab, you know, hey, can we have your children's uh, uh, people come to our church because all of ours are sick this week. And I'm like, ah, nope, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I know what you're going to do. <laughs> you know, you're going to just. That's embarrassing. It, it, yeah. It, but it, it's, it's out there. It's just like a cutthroat. It's like, I, in, in my naive little way, I figure God will just kind of take care of that stuff. You yeah. Get, you know, and they I mean, we get, have to answer for this type of buffoonery, right? Can you imagine having to stand in front of Jesus and he goes, now you're trying to steal. Other people that love me that were already in a community of people that they love. But they Dude, think they can do it better. What? There's they're, not they're a better. I know. But, <laughs> but it's an arrogance that comes with, yeah, but I, I know better because, you know, I do. It's like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you don't. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Feed my sheep. Hey, Dan, can I, can I borrow some sheep? <laughs> and some and sheep some food. Feed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm pretty good at feeding it, though. Check this out. <laughs> Look at me. I work out. <laughs> Uh, okay, what is driving the growth of non-denominational churches? Question mark. While in the past it resulted from a significant portion of individuals leaving a mainline tradition, now it looks like non-denominational congregations are increasingly are increasing by taking in people who were raised Catholic, which is about a quarter of the general population. Hmm. At the same time, more and more young people are being raised in non-denominational churches, which means that retaining their own will become just as important to non-denominationals as bringing in new adult members in the future. See, this is where this article has turned to like things I don't care about, right? Like, as a 
as a person who attends a non-denominational church, I don't think we need to band together as non-denominationals and come up with a plan for the next 50 years. Yeah. Right? You just need to look back at the tail end of Matthew and go, are we doing that? Yeah, right. Okay, we're good to go then. (laughs) Or are we not doing that? We need to do better. (laughs) No, let's band together and come up with a name and maybe a logo. (laughs) Now you're a denomination. And a governing body. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Who's in charge here? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's it. That's the end of the gist of that that article, I guess. But now, here's what I do. I've actually seen that quite a bit of, uh, I'd call it like the the Catholic curious, like the people who are like, You know, I they they see other people interacting with with the faith in a way that just is foreign to them, and they're like, "What is what is going on over there?" And it's not like they've not, not only they don't know things, it's not like they've not had interactions or or a, a kind of a basic understanding of Jesus. But like, there's a lot of ways in which it didn't feel super tangible. Um, and I mean, I've, what if I have similar experiences going to the Catholic Church? And there's, frankly, there's things I can appreciate about it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's things they get right about reverence and about you know I think I think church history is awesome. I think we ignore some of the really cool things that God has done to our peril of Him working through His people. And like some de- some of those denominations have really long memories, and that's probably good. Um, so like I think there's a there's a value in it. But like uh, I have seen quite of quite a few Catholic curious folks, and like this this exegetical. Um, we're going to go through and like read the scriptures is a surprising thing to a lot of them because they're just not used to like someone just going, all right, we're, I'm not going to pull this verse and, and tell you what I think. It's, it's, uh, we're going to read this chapter and go from there and see what we all, what we're taking in. It's just different. Hmm. All right. Hey, you're listening to Live from the Path. Um, I don't know. I'd be interested to see. You can give us a call on the complaint line at 515 Call or text. Like, did you have you switched? Um, I don't. I, den- I'm denominations. I guess. Like, I don't care that you've gone to different churches, but like, were you non-denominational and now you're, you know, Lutheran? Did you start as a Methodist and now you went to Catholicism? Like, is that something? I'm just interested in how that process went, what kind of caused it, um, and how you think about where you came from nowadays. I'd be interested in that. So, like, I don't know if you want to share that on the live from the path, uh, Bob Eisler complaint line, uh, call or text five one five five one seven zero zero eight five, and we'd uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Okay. So. So do wait. Uh, uh, never mind. Wait. It doesn't matter. No, tell me. <laughs> so I, I wonder if they're including like uh, Church of Christ, Disciples of Christ in there because they uh, each church is, I mean, technically a um, like autonomous. And they claim to be non-denominational, even though they all bear the same, you know, name. Hmm. Like, there's no hierarchical structure. There's no pope of the Church of Christ. Church of Christ. Can anyone just decide to open up a Church of Christ? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, because there's, 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 yeah, literally nothing. I mean, there are several Church of Christ in town, but none of us see completely eye to eye on everything. You know, we have our own way of doing things. And <laughs> You're an antagonistic bunch in general, like a free, uh, individually spirited. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, it really took off during like the Revolutionary War time because that was kind of the heart of where people were. They're like up years, yeah. Know, Church of England, yeah. you know, <laughs> Presbyterian Church, or you know, you know, and they went from different and places. Baptists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'll have you know, <laughs> we're gonna do our own thing. And me and Bob Stone. <laughs> Yeah, I get you know. Actually, I've, I have seen another. Um, they said there was another run of them in um, in Ireland, and they just called them the Church O Christ. Yeah. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> at a weak moment. 
I couldn't help it. I got sucked in. <laughs> Dang it. It's like watching the Floby infomercial. All of a sudden, I'm dialing the numbers. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, so uh, last week we caught up with Dan uh, coming back from Zimbabwe. Mike is uh, off a recent trip to Ethiopia. Mike, this will be your uh, second time uh-huh. in Ethiopia. Tell us a little bit uh, about how it went and, like, maybe was there anything different between last time and this time? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, uh, my wife and I both had gone previously and um, this time uh, separately. And then this time we were going to take the kids, you know. And so... Um, I don't know. I front loaded it a lot with trying to take away from the trip what God wanted me to. Right. So like the easy thing, what normally happens is like, especially if you're going to uh, an African country or a third world country that has a lot of poverty in it. Like the thing that you always see is the poverty. Right. Because we grow up in a land of such excess and whatever, you know, the, the general thought when you get there is they need to look more like me, which means they need a TV and an air conditioner and then all of a sudden things will be well and um like i know better than that and i knew better than that after i'd gone there last time and so um i was praying really that that would not be the major thing that that i took away and so um i I mean long story short i was amazed by how many people love jesus and follow them faithfully and, and follow him faithfully and do the work that he has asked them to do um regardless of their situation, right? Everything that I would see as a, as a guy growing up in a Western culture as a detriment, they don't even, it doesn't even cross their radar as a problem, right? They're not even considering it. And, and a couple of things that I was really impressed with is um, one of the gals that we were working with that um, she runs one of the homes for the girls. They, they still work on an orphanage system um, in Ethiopia. And so like, um, the, it sounds like the um, within the country, it didn't used to exist. You couldn't do inter inter country adoption; just didn't happen. It was allowed, but it just didn't happen. Um, there wasn't like a foster care system really, um, and so like if they the, the kids didn't have a place to go, they just went to orphanages, you know, and then they were government run. And so um, one of the adoption agencies, after they shut down international adoption in Ethiopia, just basically opened a house and took in girls after they would get out of the orphanage then they would take care of them you know start them out with some skills and some family and and love them and and teach them about jesus and all this stuff and and so one of the things that they had introduced is is like they have some sponsor families where they basically say look if we without any assistance they will be forced to give up their kids so what we'll do is we will give them assistance we'll give them food and and dry goods and whatever and they can keep their kids because that's what they really want they don't want to give up their kids they just don't have the financial means to handle it and so we got to hand out a bunch of food to families like that and talk to them and meet with them and played a lot of soccer and and um i was watching one of these gals had come in and she was in a wheelchair and she had like three kids and um basically the deal was is you got like a big old bag of of teff flour and some cooking oil and whatever and like 20 bucks to get it home um and the woman did not want to spend the 20 dollars on the ride home um, she wanted to keep it, so she was going to, like, wheel it all the way home, which was unheard of. Right. Um, so like, so my immediate thought is, is, I don't care. We'll give her another 20 bucks, whatever. We'll just put it in the cab. We'll give her another 20 And the, the the gal, she's like, no, no, that's not how this is going to work. You know, like, I'm immediately taken in. I'm like, no, it's no problem. You know, and she's like, no, 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 no. Uh, we just need to find the right people. And that money was designed to get it home. And, like, she doesn't get to keep it. She gets the teff and the oil, and everything's cool. And, like – in the on the onset i was like well that's not very generous but 
once again, God puts people to manage the things, the generosity and the work of the things that he's doing. And like, just like you find people down at the homeless shelter and at the rehab joint, right? Like they see through things or they see things as they are opposed to just, you know, a, a random person coming in and trying to retell how the story is going. And so like I was instantly reminded that like um, what they need uh, mostly is uh, what we have excess of, which is just funds. To, to let people do what God has empowered them to do. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's the, the, the visit, like when you get to visit some of the kids and whatever, like it's just as much as a change in my heart as it is for theirs. Um, I did get to do a devotional uh, to uh, some gals, um, a, a group of teenage girls, and like I had to do, go through an interpreter, and it was very difficult, uh-huh. and uh, I wasn't quite prepared. I think I had like five paragraphs. I'm like, this will take like 10 minutes. Um, after we get through it and uh, I didn't get through one paragraph in 10 minutes because it was just like I would ask a question and then she would translate and then they would all just stare at me and I'm like that was a question and then the translator would stare at me and I'm like okay well here's the answer (laughs) (laughs) and so um, that was different but um, it was it was it was nice going there with my kids and like cool enough um, like my girls I don't think they picked up uh, anything that one of the things that my wife and I, especially my wife was praying for the kids for is that God doesn't expose them to things that their heart can't process. Uh-huh. Right. So some of the bigger things and like some of the, the sadder parts of it, where I look at uh, an 11 year old girl in an orphanage going, man, she's got nine more years of this. And like, she's smiling now and playing soccer and like, if she's not broken or, or bad or anything. And I'm like, but she doesn't have a mom and a dad or a parent either way or family that just like, says i will take responsibility for you and your relationship with christ and and what you're going to do in your life and, and i will love you regardless and, and those or- orphanages are probably doing the best that they can but it's not good enough it's just flat out not good enough you know and so like that stuff weighs on me and as much as i want it to weigh on my kids so they appreciate not only their situation but the situation of others correctly um I, god didn't do that he just didn't do that Right, he'd let them out there to uh, smile and play and and make friends and and whatever and and um, I, I think that's one of the other things I think I kind of took away is God's like, don't tell me what to do, <laughs> don't tell me how to deal with my kids. I know I know what they can hold and what they can handle and and you know there's there's no reason to beat your kids up with uh, big world problems that like they're just not their hearts not ready to take on. You know, yeah, like they're not yeah. going to take it on quite right. So um, overall, it, it was a. I, I had a great time. I'd go back again. I, I, I always worry, like, especially on shorter-term mission trips <coughs> that, like, that you, I think you guys called it last week where you're being, like, a, a mission tourist, you know? Yeah. And, um, and like, it's kind of one of those things is, like, we you know, we would go to some places, and they'd be like, we'll have the girls come out, and you guys can do this. And I'm like, hey, man, don't be changing your schedule on my account. We were just here to, like, buy goods. I Like, I wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth what you wanted or what you needed. And then we'll go get it bought, and we'll drop it back off. You guys don't have to, like, entertain us or whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to, and then that's cool. We'd love to, to hang around with you. But, like, don't feel like you got a, like, dog and pony show for us just because we're here. You guys go back to do your business, you know, and we'll and we'll move on. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's um, – I was really against, say, short-term mission trips probably 10 years ago. I'm like, nah, mm-hmm. these are horrible. I, what a waste of time. God's got people. And, and all that is still true, um, but it doesn't change – um, what be doing in you, you know, and what God might be helping you see differently. And especially after listening to Dan's, um, you know, stuff from Zimbabwe, it's just some of the, some of the stuff I find to be a shame to us, 
like we just got zero the amount of joy that pours out um, of some of these situations and the amount of stupid things that I get upset about is convicting and embarrassing. It mm-hmm. just almost feels shameful. You know what I'm saying? Like you're just yeah. embarrassed uh, that that you know they're smiling and happy and and have joy in the Lord and like and and I got complaints and and gripes and so like that stuff is is always very convicting to me when we make those trips. So mm-hmm. plane ride was terrible for sure. Oh man, <laughs> for sure. What? What? Why don't we like it? That's just a long plane ride. It was like 17 hours. You go sleep. No. Eh. No, I tried that. No, you don't sleep. Dan, you don't sleep no. on a plane either. No. no. I thought I had it licked this time, though. I was going to take some Z-Quil. I'm like, yeah. I'll knock myself out. This will be fine. I took that Z-Quil, and then I was just super drowsy for like two hours. Not asleep, but almost, but really tired and couldn't fall asleep. So then I was irritated. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't the best. <laughs> mm. uh, okay. Tricky. You, do you, either of you run into these situations where it felt... Uh, I think people worry about traveling places like it might feel unsafe. Yeah. You, you feel that? So so Addis, Addis Ababa is the capital of Ethiopia. And it's like the it's it's the largest landlocked uh population, right? So like it it takes New York out of it because New York's got open water on one side, but like the largest landlocked city, the largest population in the world. And like you're not really supposed to be tooting around at night. But this fellow's like, hey, you guys want to walk up to the grocery store? It's just a little bit up the, up the road. I'm like, yeah, sure. And it's dark outside. And when they, this is classic of African countries. When they say it's a little bit up the road, it's like four miles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's 10 minutes walk. No, sir. No, it's 45 minutes walk. And they hustle. And they really move. <laughs> and so, um, but like we're walking down the street at nighttime, you know, pretty much unattended. We're trying to keep up with the guy walking in front of us. And he was a super cool cat, but he just walked fast. And he wasn't worried about his safety at all because uh, he was not a white guy yeah. or a white lady walking down the front. And then the, like these little kids are out at 9 o'clock at night, like literally laughing at us, like barrel laughing as we pass by. <laughs> and then they stopped, and we walked all the way to the coffee shop we were supposed to be going to, which turned out to be closed. And we walked all the way back, and they were ready for another barrel laugh when we walked by just because <laughs> we were a bunch of weird white people walking around at us in the middle of the night, you know. And so, uh, yeah, it, it gave me the it gave me the stomachs for about 10 minutes. I'm like, I don't think I really should be doing this. But I thought, <laughs> you know, if God wants to kill me in the middle of Addis Ababa, I, that's fine. Yeah. What am I worried about? This is going to be fine. <laughs> so that part was, I mean, it was fun. <laughs> Dan, you, ever, you feel unsafe at all? <sighs> no, I can't think of, I mean, there were times I, I like the radar would come on a little bit, but and, and it's 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 really I've I've gone to the same place enough times now where I it's it, I oddly feel more and more at home. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, it, it, it's such a weird. I just feel like man, this is like I miss this place. And, yeah. Um, and, and like it, it was a new level for me this time. They just gave me the keys to the car. I said, "All right, go for it." You, you were know? driving. And, you were driving in Zimbabwe. I was driving around, and is that legal? I think so. I think you have so many months. Like even if you like move there, you have so long. Oh, <laughs> so like he's yeah. on a three month reprieve. Let, let him take to the streets. Actually, that was true in Ethiopia. I found out like you can use your American driver's license yeah. for like three months, or, or uh, if you go into the like DOT, they'll give you an Ethiopian one. And yeah. I'm like, we're definitely doing that. You should do that. Did I want an it? Ethiopian driver's license, and everybody laughed at me like I was being some kind of funny man. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. And then we did not get one. Oh. And I'm like, I really want my face on an Ethiopian driver's license. Like the Zimbabwe ones are metal. I don't know if that's a common over there. I don't or? know. I didn't see any actual oh, driver's man, license. That's boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, that kinda, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, there, there was there was like one time at, at night driving around that I was like, I, we we went to the store and while we were in the store, they closed the road that I know how to get back. Oh yeah, yeah. 
and uh, they're going to do some construction the next day. Or when, and I can't, when they say close the road, they would just put a bunch of rocks in it and said, don't go, don't <laughs> don't use go there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, it took a little longer getting home. Because it's not like straight, you know, yeah. roads. <laughs> it's, it's, right. it's you know, like, oh, let's build a house here, you know. And uh, So it took a while to get home. And, and I was had a couple of people with, with me that um, were more new to to travel yeah and so i didn't let them know i was kind of a little starting to kind of wonder like i have no idea where I'm at, <laughs> right right, right. But, um, I, we found it okay not, wait and, and, and like no phone service and stuff too oh yeah no there's nothing it's just okay. squares on it right i now. do I, I i did find that like the the metaphor of of making paths straight you know making making roads like we take that really for granted around here because like like we pave our roads yeah and you know even a pothole is a minor inconvenience and like if you drive some of these roads uh, in some of these towns, I mean, you you can't go any better than ten miles an hour. It's oh, yeah. just a bumbling and a, and, a, and a bouncing and like quick turns and and they're falling apart and washing away and whatever and and so like sometimes that metaphor that that they're talking about about John the Baptist making curvy ways straight and whatever and you're like what's that you know it just doesn't apply to us because yeah. we can go seventy five right you know, for like hours hours and hours and hours without <laughs> having much of a a conversation about it and you can't go. I was talking to the guy driving. That was driving us around, and I'm like, like, have you ever had this thing above 50? He's like, 50? No, no, not 50. <laughs> like, like he's and he's lived there his whole life, and he's yeah. never driven above 50 miles an hour because there's no stretch of road that's good enough to do it. Right. Yeah. Well, it's probably 50 kilometers a mile an yeah. hour. I yeah. mean, so that's even like that's even less. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> oh. Huh. All right, you're listening live from the path. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us so far tonight. Let's uh, deal out some advice, and we'll uh, we'll we'll put this ship in the. If you put the ship to bed, where would you put it, Nathaniel? The harbor. Yeah, put the ship in the harbor. Hmm. Oh, boy. Nope. Dear life, from the path, I have two friends who are sisters. They text me every day throughout the day, sharing every thought and every little thing that happens to them. Yeah. Also, they constantly invite me over to their homes and try to manipulate me into coming over. <laughs> One does it by telling me her daughter loves me and wants me to come for dinner. The other uses other tactics of similar nature, like her dog misses me. None of the other people in my life do this. Mm -hmm. We all have lives to live, some busier than others. But with the others, we see each other on birthdays, holidays, and other celebrations where we all get together, visit, and catch up. This everyday texting is getting on my nerves to the point where some days I don't respond to either of them. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I've tried <laughs> subtly and blatantly to tell them to stop, but to no avail. What else do I need to say or do? I've known both of these people for 40 years. It seems they only quotes hear me when I flip out on them. Something I'm trying to change about myself. Wow. Uh, what an, an a weird person. Why does this lady hate friendship? Yeah. You, 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 who texts you the most often? Probably your wife. No. Not your wife? No. Who uh, texts you the most often? Dylan. Man friends. Dylan Crossgrove. More yeah. than, more than once a day? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't have anybody that texts me one, one, one once a day. No. That's a great question. My, ma, my, 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 my wife, definitely, uh, and sometimes just once a day. And then past that, no. No. I, I tell you what, if a, text message, out. if a text message string goes longer than four interchanges, I start letting out audible guffs. Like, ugh. What yeah, do you what want? Why do you guys hate friendship? Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I'm, what I'm trying, I'm trying to defend this lady slightly because... Because uh, you hate friendship? I find, I, 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 I drive me nuts. 
I, I feel mean, like you want to get out what you got to say and then be done with it. What if someone were doing that in person? Like you're in there, you're trying to work or you're trying to read or you're trying to talk to your kids, and all of a sudden some, your friend just shows up and goes, hey, man. Like the fourth time that happened, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's let's tuck this up. Yeah. If, I mean, she's known them for 40 years. 40 years. So she doesn't have any young children. She's she's th- th- They just want her to come over and, and be part of their life. I mean, it's, just, it's like. Like uh, every night, though, Dan? Well, no, I, I mean. Maybe they feel bad for her. Maybe she, they think she's They're probably lonely. thinking, yeah, she obviously has no friends. We'll try to be her friend. Yeah, let's call Meredith over. Sharing just, every thought and every little thing that happens to them. They're, just uh, she's a jerk. they're not just extending invitations. They're like, ooh, bird passed the window. Saw it. Hey, mailman's here. I don't know. I think she's uh, she's overextending Brownies yet. are done. Geraldo's <laughs> on. <laughs> I got to poop. <laughs> I, th- I think she needs to go to a nursing home and just put herself down. I don't know why you guys are acting like this toward this woman. She's These just people mean. are needy and cranky. <laughs> Can you imagine, change your text message instead of going, bing, change it to, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. That should be the audible sound that a text message makes, because <laughs> without any regard for what you're doing, it goes, pay attention to me. Stop what you're doing and look at me. Look at me, look at me, look I at mean, me. Can't they text each other? I'm sure they can. <laughs> they probably do when she doesn't answer. They're probably texting each other. What are you going to text next? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a bird. <laughs> Poop. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I I think I think she she for one thing they should take a cue cue a clue and 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 just back off. But I mean, you've known them for forty years. Let's say that they're what they're at least fifty. Would you say? I uh, probably uh, okay. I, or more. Yeah. So so one is th- there's there's two separate things here. One is a matter of preference. One is a matter of of um, jerky behavior. I, it's preference if you're just not a person who wants to be chatted at all day. Bing. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's that's not jerky. It's just a preference item. It is, however, a jerky thing to do when someone goes, "Look, man, don't be chatting at me all day. Uh, I, I just I'm, I'm not going to respond to them, and uh, I don't I don't particularly love this." And you keep doing keep it. Keep doing it. Anyway. That's jerky. Yeah. Listen, I can tell. I've done this. I've I've navigated this successfully. Ignore it completely and don't answer it ever. <laughs> and she does that too. And about two days in, they'll say some real mean stuff that they can't take back, and then you go, "Done." <laughs> And then ah. they won't text you anymore. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think she needs to develop some people skills. Ding. Look at me. Uh, I'm texting you. I don't <laughs> care what you're doing. Look at me. Ding. Because I love friendship. Ding. That, Nathaniel. That's like, <laughs> Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Hello. <laughs> I, I used to come and give you a big hug once in a while, Mike, just because I knew you hated it. Ding. For Ding. no Look other reason. It wasn't because I wanted you to feel my flesh against you. <laughs> hey, man. Why you going to say it like that? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because I knew it made you feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, this week's shirt quote is, feel my flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 475. <laughs> uh, okay, so my, here's my final advice. Uh, I would... She's trying to not flip out on him because she's trying to change that about herself. Okay, yeah, don't flip out on him. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> to learn to like that's, people. That's ridiculous. Yeah. We'll, make a chillaxative. The, hold on. <laughs> she waxed philosophical and you're going to take it in again. We all have li- lives to live. Some busier than others. Yeah. But with others, we see each other on birthdays, holidays, and other celebrations, yeah. where we all get together, visit, and catch up. Yeah, I, I just deal. It's 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 uh it's it's taxing. Here's the deal: you're you're wigging yourself out by spending too much time either thinking or responding to it. Like respond however you want to respond. Uh, respond however often you want to. If you want to respond every couple of days, then do that. If you've yeah, already told fair. if you've already told them. That like, hey man, I just don't. I'm not gonna get around. I mean, I've tried. Here's the thing: I've unsuccessfully done this. Uh, well, like I well, 
I, it doesn't ever change the behavior. A person who just wants to keep texting you, I said, look, I'm not going to get to these all the time. Uh, not everything you say is going to generate a response from me. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. And so, you know, either live with it uh, or, you know, dial it back because you say you're wasting your time with me. That's okay, too. Maybe that's that's what I was going for. Either way, just don't feel responsible that you have to do it. Don't be a jerk about it. I'd respond back every few days or so. But, like, uh, if you don't want to respond every day, if you want to read it every day, put it on mute. Catch up it when you want to. That's fine. Yeah. You, you've already explained yourself. Uh, this is, like, they are acting as if you're a different person than you are. And that's kind of their that's kind of their deal. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's that, that's fair. I mean, I mean, I've had have had people that just text and or they'll call, and I'll just you just oh, don't man. answer the phone. Nope, just don't answer it. Yeah, yeah. you don't pick it up. Then you call it back if it's important, or if they're just saying, "Hey, the grass is greener today." Then yeah, I think that's the that's the, the biggest misconception about the phone. It's yeah, like the they people, don't own you. Yeah, that's right. That, you're not <laughs> you, you don't, you're not a slave to the phone. Like it, it rings, you, you answer it if you want to answer it. When they send a text message, answer it if you want to answer it. But the problem is, is the person on the other end of the phone is like, well, I called you. We're like, yeah, I know. Well, you didn't answer it. I know that, too. I was there. I didn't want to. Well, you should call when I answer. So what it means is the inherent thought is, as soon as I decide I want to talk to you, you're going to talk to me. You're, you're going to, yeah. Right? And, like, we don't, that's not the right way to live. I texted Ben while we've been talking. He has not texted me back. I'm not going to do it, Dan. <laughs> he did. He's harassing me. He's going to get. He's going to try to refresh you. Stay away from him. <laughs> so, I don't want to give the impression that I answer text messages. And so, what are you doing? I'm not doing. <laughs> <laughs> right, chicken for supper. Secular says, it would not be quotes flipping out to firmly tell these needy sisters you Ooh. do not have time to text them with them on a daily basis because you are a busy person and being bombarded is distracting. You also do not have to visit anyone because their dog or their child misses you. Set some ground rules and see them when it's convenient for you. Say once a month, if that. Once the pressure is off, you might enjoy them more. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, but here's the thing. Now, she, she, it's very possible she's telling the story manipulatively. Uh, like saying, oh, well, they, they may just be, maybe this woman is a bit standoffish and she doesn't come over very often. And so they're just trying lightheartedly be like, oh, yeah, as, as opposed to, Offering up that they, as always, want her to come over. It's like, oh, and my dog misses you. Like, I mean, don't. I wouldn't over crank on that. Yeah. Mm. What? Say. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm just saying I side with the uh, cantankerous woman at the beginning of the letter. <laughs> That's too much communication. You friendship hater. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep my friends at a at a, a long distance away. A I answer. Couple arm lengths. I answer most text messages. Just not when they're like repeated or abusive or like, hey man, hey man, look at me, Bing, Nathaniel, <laughs> Bing, look at me. Bing. I don't think there's ever been a text message that I've sent you that you haven't responded to. Right, I was, I'm not like hitting you up every day. That's what if you started, then I would certainly, I would just ignore you completely. Hey Mike, what do you think of this? Yeah, or My like dog people wants to see you. Send me pictures of their food or something. But like, hey, I made this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> if if you ever send me a picture of your food. And I say anything besides okay, I've literally just made something up based on what I saw in a movie happen. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Someone said, look at this delicious thing, and I'll say something like, oh, man, that looks fantastic. 
Well, how, where did you get the recipe? I don't actually mean any of that. Yeah. What, right. I, what my brain instantly goes is, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you want me, I don't know. Are you going to bring well, it over? <laughs> if, I, if I were a considerate human, what would I say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's try that. <laughs> how long did you cook that for? <laughs> Fool you. <laughs> Could I have the recipe? <laughs> you dumb bastard. Yeah, I just, I can't. I told my wife, I, the biggest thing that I'm guilty of in this life is like, I don't actually know what to do in 95% of situations. And so I like take on a role of a guy <laughs> that would caricature. <laughs> I just I don't know what to do in big heavy situations or even little tiny ones. Even at the bank, oh. they'll be like, "Hey, we're closing in five minutes," and I'll just awkwardly stand there like, "So okay." <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean you want me to leave, or I don't understand? She's like, just get your stuff done. Why didn't they just say that? <laughs> I had okay. I I don't know why I remember this, but I had I was I was driving one day and there was some like people I worked with in the van, and. What one of the girls that was in there goes, "Hey, uh, I, I bought some, I bought some pants for uh, for like this. It was one of the girls' football games, you know, like where the girls play. Oh, yeah, the pow- powerful games. And she's like, uh, uh, but I warmed, a, I, I slept in them last night. And I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> what do I, I said, do with this? Uh, break them in. <laughs> <laughs> And one of the other dudes that was in the car goes, Ben has no idea what to say to that. <laughs> I said, well, good. At least I'm understood. <laughs> I do. I, I, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm being led into some sort of weird direction. Yeah. Or this was like a legit conversation, but I just have no idea what to say. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> Why would you say that out loud? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. You're trying to figure out what was your motivation, and, and it's like I don't because I, I, I can't figure that out. I don't know how to respond. I don't. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then I was waiting for him to fix it. Like yeah. he would say the thing I should have said, but he didn't. The conversation just turned to how I didn't know what to say. I'm like, well, dang it, how am I supposed to learn? <laughs> I've not improved upon that yet. Oh. Okay, last one. Okay. Your life from the path. Go for heaven's sakes. <laughs> I graduated from college with a degree in a niche field. In my graduating class of nearly 7,000, there were only four of us with this specific degree. I now have a career in the field I majored in. I love what I do and take pride in it. The problem is my family. For whatever reason, my parents and siblings don't seem to want to remember what I do. When people back home ask what I'm up to, they come up with some vague or dismissive answer. When they tell me about it later, they seem to think it's funny. The first few times I could laugh about it too, but this has been going on for years. Their one-sided running gag has grown old. I don't care that they're not interested in what I do, but I feel humiliated and hurt when they act so dismissive of it to other people. It happened again a few days ago while I was out with my family at an event. A family member intentionally messed up the name of my workplace multiple times even after I had corrected him while talking to a volunteer. Although I managed to step in, it's still weighing on me. I've tried explaining what I do numerous times. It's not confusing. I haven't even suggested they use broader alternatives. If they would say I'm an ecologist, I would be thrilled. Nothing has changed. I'm left wondering if this runs deeper than a joke and they don't actually take me seriously. Do I need to be more blunt? Should I tell them this has crossed the line from funny to hurtful? Or am I blowing this out of proportion? First of all, dude, what did you graduate with? I've never heard such a bloviated amount of nothing. Yeah. I mean, it was like eight minutes of nothing. Why don't you just say the the more general term? Uh, I'm a I'm in the medical field, right? Or I'm a college graduate. I'm a or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do marketing. 
This dude uh. studies moss, guaranteed. You think so? Like he's it's a boss man? Yeah, it's something dumb like that. Where he, his family is like, oh, look at old Moss Man Pete. Moss <laughs> 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 Man Pete Moss. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Look <laughs> yeah, like at Pete Moss. And then they're like, uh, and he's like, hey, that's so funny. This moss is super important for the ecosystems and the blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, you know, he brings it up. Yeah, he works at Moss Incorporated. He's like, it's Moss Incorporated Inc., buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is blowing it up. I yeah. guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's, there's, yeah. There's something else wrong here. Cause, like, I, I mean, when you go to school to be a proctologist, you know the jokes are coming, yeah. and you just prepare yourself, and then, haha, it's comedy time. Whatever. You look at the butts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> went to school, but messed <laughs> 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 up there. Sometimes they turn the other cheek. <laughs> Oh, that's a whole different level. <laughs> oh, Dan said whole. <laughs> was that intentional, Dan? Yeah, it was. That's righteous. Uh, that bums me out. You know what, Dan? Take <laughs> off the W. <laughs> you can text me, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> All right, let's put that in the rear. Uh, here we go. The, the, the long story short of this guy's conversation is, is like he, he didn't even mention what he graduated with. When but he's he so proud of the it. paper to tell people <laughs> what he yeah. graduated with. And like he, he couldn't have been more vague about every complete situation he was talking about, which means uh, your, his, his second proposal is right. Am I blowing this out of proportion? Yeah. Yes, you are. Yes. The reason he didn't write it in is because he didn't want Secular to make fun of him, too. He I thought so. that an yeah. 85-year-old woman was yeah. going to turn around and give, the, give him yeah. the grief. He said, my family gives me grief. Uh, uh, is it Abby? Is yeah, Abby's yeah. gonna give me grief. Yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't put it in. If he knew enough to know that some random stranger would give him grief, then he must know that his family is justified in their grief. See, that's what I'm saying. If that, that what, a proctologist knows this is coming, so like, did he uh. enter a field that is commonly just made fun of, or is it really sensitive that like the rest of the world don't give two craps about <laughs> gl glowing <laughs> algae or whatever he studies? You know. <laughs> Sorry. He said two crabs, Mike. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's 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 blowing it up. Yeah, <laughs> blowing. I didn't yeah. say blowing it out. Yeah, <laughs> blowing <laughs> it out. Come on. <laughs> okay, now, now he's, he's being oversensitive. He's being a snowflake here. He just needs to get over himself. I mean, I don't care what you do for a living. You can get all sensitive if people are all like like. Uh, the big preacher joke, oh, you only work one day a week. <laughs> it's like, well, I say it more times than anybody because I, I know it's the it's what everybody says. You know, it's yeah, like, right. yeah, it's like, only work an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's like the you garbage know. man that clears six figures a year and goes, yeah, like, laugh it up. You're loving your job? <laughs> then I love start it, at five, you know? I'm done at two. <laughs> Who cares if they know what it is or what to call it or, or what, you know, that's, that's your own ego. Get it out of there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cut it to the breeze. <laughs> Secular says, you may be putting more energy into this than it deserves. Yeah. You know the importance of the work you do? She didn't say whether it was important or not. She just <laughs> says, you know it's important. Your relatives may be jealous of your accomplishments or so intellectually limited that they can't remember the word ecologist. If you are present when this happens, feel free to correct the mistake as you did, but do with with humor. Yeah, here's the thing. I Obviously, you were popular in high school or something, but like this is a classic defensive mechanism. You make fun of yourself before someone else does it, and then they got nothing, right? That's how, that's how they do it. That's why kids who aren't real popular are usually pretty funny. <laughs> is because they got made fun of and they figured out that if they just make fun of themselves first or beat them to the joke, then you, you run the conversation. 
So, yeah, just beat them to it. Learn all the jokes of your particular algae field, and then uh, fire them out right out of the gate. And then it, no one can say anything. All right. Hey, you've been listening live from the path. Thank you for hanging out with us uh, this evening. We very much appreciate it. If you got feedback for us on the show, give us a call on the live from the path. Bob Eisenhower complaint line. That's 515-517-0085. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we do very much intend to see you next week. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.